And in this last episode, we'll talk about tricuspid stenosis, which is less prevalent than mitral stenosis and is mostly uh, a result of rheumatic heart disease. So essentially, it's almost always associated with mitral stenosis concurrently. Other causes of tricuspid stenosis are congenital. And because it occurs mostly with uh, mitral stenosis, the pathophysiology of uh, mitral stenosis uh, extends to both of them. So mitral stenosis causes an increase in left atrial pressure, which results in an increase in pulmonary artery pressure, um, finally resulting in right ventricular pressure increase. And because tricuspid stenosis lowers the cardiac output, because the cardiac output is lowered in tricuspid stenosis because less blood flows into the right ventricle, it can mask uh, the pulmonary artery uh, pressure and hence uh, mask mitral stenosis. So the dyspnea that's produced by uh, increases in pulmonary artery uh, pressures may not be as significant as uh, it would in isolated mitral valve disease. And hence, that's a variation in the clinical presentation of uh, rheumatic heart disease. However, the signs of right heart failure may exist because the right heart isn't working optimally in getting rid of, uh, in moving the um, systemic uh, venous return. So signs such as uh, hepatomegaly, SITs, uh, peripheral edema and raised jugular venous pressure may um, occur. A reduction in cardiac output may also cause fatigue and long-standing hepatic um, congestion uh, may result in hepatocyte injury, cirrhosis, jaundice and then SITs. The signs that occur in uh, tricuspid stenosis would would be giant a waves in the jugular venous pressure remember that the a waves correspond to atrial contraction um, and opening snap of the tricuspid may be audible after the pulmonary component of s2 the murmur of uh, tricuspid stenosis is a diastolic murmur and almost almost always occurs concurrently with mitral stenosis so the tricuspid uh, stenosis may be overridden or missed. The murmur is loudest right of the sternum in the fifth intercostal space corresponding to the tricuspid uh, area and is increased with inspiration and reduced with expiration. It's markedly reduced in the using the Valsalva maneuver. Investigating tricuspid stenosis is exactly the same as the investigations in the other valvular heart disease which starts off with an ECG that can uh, show right atrial uh, dilation with tall peaked P waves in uh, leads 2 and anterior to the uh, atria which is in V1. Um, right ventricular hypertrophy signs may be absent because of the um, reduced cardiac output due to the tricuspid stenosis. A chest x-ray may show right atrial dilation and echocardiography shows a thickened tricuspid that assumes a ballooning shape in diastole, uh, so it's threatening to give away. Right atrial enlargement may also be seen and um, the inferior vena cava may also be dilated. The treatment of this condition revolves around fluid overload, uh, diuretic salt restriction and rest to prevent exacerbation of the condition. Um, surgical treatment may be considered especially if the mitral valve is being operated on. Tricuspid may be operated on just as well. In tricuspid regurgitation, the causative factors are mostly uh, functional due to dilation of supporting structures of the tricuspid valve, and this may be a result of um, pulmonary artery hypertension or right ventricular dilation. It can also be secondary to rheumatic heart disease, endocarditis, collagen deformities, myocardial infarction, papillary muscle injury, um, cardiomyopathies, especially the dilated version, and fibrosis of cardiac tissues due to radiation of very rare cause. Tricuspid regurgitation may also be a result of congenital deformities in the tricuspid valve. Symptomatically, there's an overlap with left-sided 
um, valvular lesions uh, which show fatigue, exertional dyspnea and eventually um, the distinction occurs and uh, symptoms and signs of right heart failure occur. These are described as um, cervical pulsations, abdominal fullness and bloating, uh, diminished appetite and peripheral edema. Because of increase in pressures in the right heart, neck veins become dilated as they uh, drain into the right heart directly. C and V waves in the jugular venous pressure waveform are increased and there's a rapid Y descent. Eventually hepatomegaly may manifest and so will peripheral edema. The murmur is a hollow systolic murmur in the lower right sternal border which is increased with inspiration. In pulmonic stenosis, uh, the most common cause is a congenital disorder and these congenital disorders could be a sequelae of chromosomal abnormalities like Noonan syndrome or a result of tetralogy of fallow. Occasionally a bicuspid tricuspid valve may um, uh, manifest. Pulmonic stenosis causes right ventricular hypertrophy due to outflow obstruction and ejection is prolonged. Because of the left less compliant right ventricle, uh, increased A waves in the JVP waveform may manifest. However, most patients with mild or moderate stenosis are asymptomatic and have been and may may be picked up due to uh, the discovery of a murmur. With eventual worsening, the patient may develop exertional dyspnea, early onset fatigue, and chest pain of the angina type. The murmur is a mid-systolic crescendo decrescendo murmur right of the sternum in the second intercostal space with an increase in inspiration due to the increase of flow through the pulmonary vasculature uh, in inspiration a parasternal heave may be felt because of uh, right ventricular hypertrophy and signs of right ventricular uh, right heart failure may manifest such as hepatomegaly ascites and peripheral edema investigations are largely the same as um, everything else, the ECG shows signs of right ventricular hypertrophy with right atrial dilation due to backflow pressures from the right ventricle. Um, the ECG may also show right axis deviation. A chest x-ray is similar to the others and may show calcifications in the uh, tricuspid valve. There may also be signs of right ventricular hypertrophy in lateral films. Uh, echocardiograph is, uh, characterizes the degree of the outflow obstruction. And Doppler studies is very useful to study flow. The management of this condition is largely symptomatic relief with uh, diuretics first line. The valve may be replaced surgically. Pulmonary regurgitation is could be a result of primary valve pathology or it could be iatrogenic um, post-surgery for conditions such as tetralogy of fallow or uh, pulmonary balloon valvectomy or any interventions uh, that were done on the heart. Similarly, the dilation of structures distal to the valve, um, such as in pulmonary hypertension, may cause annular valve pathology So, um, because of the structural relationship between the two. Pulmonary regurgitation results in right ventricular dilation and hypertrophy which in, in which the preload eventually increases due to the backflow of blood. The afterload is also increased and uh, eventually with worsening of, of the regurgitation, the cardiac output falls, uh, resulting in hemodynamic compromise and pulmonary hypertension. It's an asymptomatic disease when mild, but when it uh, gets worse, um, cardiovascular compromise symptoms may occur, such as dyspnea, exertional, sorry, exertional dyspnea, fatigue, signs of right heart failure. The murmur is a decrescendo murmur in the sternal in the right of the sternum of the second intercostal space and there's an increase in the a waves and the jugular venous pressure investigations are largely the same with an ecg showing right ventricular hypertrophy and right atrial dilation uh, chest x-ray may show uh, dilation of the right heart chambers echocardiography can show structural characterization and doppler flow assessments and the treatment of this condition is to reduce pulmonary vascular 
uh, resistance using vasodilators and reducing volume overload with diuretics. Eventually, surgical intervention may um, be required to replace the valve. So to sum up the last four episodes, valvular heart diseases are caused by similar factors and they produce this patterns of clinical sequelae which is consistent with the pathophysiology of what causes those diseases. In reality, however, it should be noted that these pathologies don't necessarily occur in isolation, with possibly the exception of um, atrial stenosis. For example, in rheumatic heart disease, which we've talked about quite extensively in the four episodes, the aorta and mitral valve uh, may both be affected and can produce any combination of stenosis or regurgitative diseases. The tricuspid can also be involved to further um, make it difficult. And the best way to understand each individual etiological factor and the resultant effect is to study the pathophysiology of the causative factors such as infective endocarditis and why. why IV drug users who suffer infective endocarditis have tricuspid involvement or why or which valves are affected in connective tissue disorders. It's also fruitful to know all this when planning surgical therapy in that the surgeon can treat multiple valves in a single procedure and not miss any um, concurrent pathology by understanding the way all of these volatile heart diseases occur together. I hope these episodes have been useful. Thank you for listening if you made it this far, even if you haven't, and I'll see you next time. Our episode today was put together by our executive producer Gautam and our core editor Cindy. For notes, elective experiences, and much more study resources, visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.